Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome to Least of These, where I cover the cases that need it most, because every life matters and everyone deserves justice. I'm your host, Leah D. Today, I'll be covering the stalking and murder of Lauren McCluskey in Salt Lake City, Utah. Let's get right to it. Lauren McCluskey was born in Berkeley, California on February 12, 1997. However, she grew up in Pullman, Washington, because her parents both became professors at Washington State University when she was very young. She was fearless, bright, sensitive, and a little shy, although you really wouldn't know that. According to Legacy.com, Lauren was setting track records as early as eight years old, and not just setting them smashing them. She broke three records in three track events in a single day at a junior Olympics competition in Washington state. And remember, she's eight. It's no surprise that by nine, Lauren qualified for nationals in her age group. Y'all at nine, I was in my underpants watching Scooby-Doo, but this girl, she was special. Lauren earned USA Track and Field All-American Top 8 19 times and shattered so many USA Track and Field records, 12 of which are still untouched. She was Washington State High School Champion in High Jump and second place in 100 meters as a freshman. And these are just a few of her titles. She continued through her high school years and, of course, she continued to win. She graduated from high school with honors and went on to earn a track and field scholarship at the University of Utah. Lauren wasn't only an amazing athlete, she studied hard too. But my favorite Lauren fact is that she volunteered at the Whitman County Humane Society, helping socialize cats so they would be more adoptable. Have you ever tried to socialize cats? It's not an easy task, but I'm sure you've noticed by now, Lauren didn't back down from a challenge. She also volunteered for the Y and Special Olympics. I quite literally could do an entire episode on her accomplishments in track and field alone, and a whole nother one on just how loved Lauren McCluskey was and still is. And if you're not already like me with your jaw on the floor at the amazing accomplishments Lauren achieved from the time she was a baby, 
She did all of this and still managed to pull a 3.77 GPA and had applied to graduate school to begin in the spring of 2019. But that wouldn't happen because Lauren's life was taken from her before she got the chance. Deseret News sat down with Lauren's parents and friends, and they recounted Lauren's story. In September of 2018, while at the University of Utah, Lauren went out with her friend to a local club. She was always so responsible and such a hard worker. It was beyond time for her to go out and let her hair down a little bit. Nothing too crazy. She and her best friend Alex planned on having a drink at a new bar, hanging out, and then heading back home. This is a new bar and everybody is there to check it out. So there's a line, a long one. When Lauren and her friend get to the front, they're met with a bouncer and a tight black t-shirt and he's in good shape. And Lauren, well, she noticed him and he noticed her too because once inside, this cute bouncer led them to a table and kept walking by just to check on them. I'm sure you can imagine Lauren's excitement. And Lauren, well, she gets a little bit of a wild hair and did something that was a little out of character for her. She grabbed a napkin and wrote down her phone number. According to Deseret News, she told Alex, if we see him on the way out, I'll give it to him. Alex was impressed at the ballsiness. Lauren didn't just give out her number like that. And as the pair are walking out to leave, there he is, right in front of Lauren. He put his hands on her shoulders and held her close. And true to her word, Lauren put the napkin with her number in his hand and then dashed off with Alex. And the girls giggled all the way back to the car. The next day at church, Lauren couldn't wait to tell Alex that this bouncer had texted her and they had a date that afternoon at a climbing gym. She was stoked. And they must have really hit it off because Lauren called her mom and gushed all the details. His name was Sean, he was 28, and he had swept her off her feet. A first date complete with roses and a dinner with friends. Sean only worked as a bouncer part-time, so he could afford to finish his associate degree in computer science at Salt Lake Community College. He wasn't like the rest of the guys. It seemed Sean had his shit together. Lauren's mom was thrown off when she learned that Sean was 28. Lauren was only 21, but she kind of shook it off because Lauren had always been so mature, so it kind of made sense. Lauren was always so disciplined and driven, she really didn't have time for serious relationships, so maybe this would be good for her. Besides, she sure seemed smitten. In the beginning, her best friend Alex was excited for her too. I mean, it seemed perfect. He was mature, and he definitely wined and dined Lauren. This was so exciting and fresh and new, but everything began to change. It started small as it often does, but before long, Sean became extremely controlling and jealous. And it happened quick. Within just a week after officially dating, this guy was already telling Lauren what she could and couldn't wear. And from their very first date, Sean spent almost every single night in Lauren's room on campus. He started telling her who she could and couldn't hang out with. And Lauren was anxious and always trying to please him for fear that he would get upset if she was late or didn't text or call him back right away. And y'all remember, this girl is an athlete and a student. She's freaking busy. He constantly questioned Lauren, what are you doing? Who are you with? Where are you? And then he bought her a weird ass gift. It was pepper spray to protect her from other men hitting on her. 
he even started to pressure her to buy a gun. One night, Lauren's phone died and Sean called her absolutely furious and accused her of cheating. And it wasn't like he just called and he was a little mad. No, he berated her all because her phone had died. Sean claimed he was just overprotective because he had been cheated on and had trust issues. And Alex wasn't thrilled with this relationship anymore. She was becoming increasingly worried. So according to her, as reported by Deseret.com, I kind of hinted at it that this wasn't normal, like the controlling stuff, but I didn't want to push it only because I knew he had a lot of control over her at that point. I knew that sometimes the guy could try to manipulate the girl and cut off communication with her friends. So that's why I didn't push it. And Alex is absolutely correct here. Less than a month into the relationship, Lauren called Alex to come over and talk. And she was shocked. Lauren looked so drained and exhausted. She had already lost weight. And according to Alex, she looked defeated, a shell of her former self. But at this point, Lauren was still very much smitten with Sean. Alex recalled to Deseret News, she was under his spell. And Alex wasn't the only friend worried. After a discussion amongst themselves, Lauren's friends are so worried that they went to the university housing staff and told them their concerns about how often this man was staying in her room and also how frequently he talked about guns. But nothing comes of it, it seems. And I just want to point out that Lauren's group of friends are the friends we all need. They're amazing, and throughout this story, Lauren's parents, her best friend Alex, and the rest of her group did everything they could to protect Lauren. And as you'll see, Lauren did everything she could to protect herself. According to police documents, on October 9, 2018, Lauren was back in Washington on a little trip. And that's when she found out Sean had lied about everything. His age, he wasn't 28, he was 37. His criminal background, he was a registered sex offender who had served 10 years in prison. His freaking name, it was all a lie. She discovered this while researching him online. She saw his mugshot and a chill ran down her spine. This man she had been dating, his name wasn't Sean, it was Melvin Rowland. Sean was his middle name. It seemed he went by his middle name in order to conceal his criminal past. He had lied to her about everything. The truth? Melvin Sean Rowland was born in Brooklyn, New York on May 12, 1981. He had been adopted, but when his adoptive parents passed away when he was 15, he was placed in a group home. He then attended a private school in Colorado at the age of 17 and then moved to Salt Lake City, Utah when he was 20 to attend the Job Corps program to become a CNA. At some point, he attended Salt Lake Community College and then transferred to the University of Utah. However, officials at the university confirmed at the time he was dating Lauren, he was not a student. Back in March of 2004, Melvin Sean Rowland pled guilty to charges of attempted forcible sexual abuse and enticing a minor over the internet. He was sentenced to a term of not less than one, but not more than 15 years in the Utah State Prison for the attempted forcible sexual abuse, and no more than five years for the enticement of a minor. These were to run concurrently with credit for time served, of course. 
The person Lauren had been dating didn't really exist. Instead, Melvin Rowland was leading a double life, full of lies on top of lies and sprinkle with some more lies and then a couple more, you know, for good measure. I mean, the man wasn't even honest about his own name. According to the outlet, on October 9th, Lauren was back in town, and she had already made plans to go to the wedding of a teammate with Roland prior to this discovery. She didn't know what to do. I mean, would you? So she called her friend Alex. She told her that she wanted to end things with Sean, Melvin, whoever, but she couldn't do it over the phone or text because he had her car. You see, while Lauren was out of town, she had allowed Melvin to borrow her car since she wouldn't be needing it. Melvin didn't have wheels of his own. Alex gave her solid advice as usual and said, don't go to the wedding, meet up in a public place to call things off. That way, Lauren would be safe. And if he lost his shit, there would be people around. But y'all, the whole freaking time Lauren was on the phone with Alex, Melvin was outside Lauren's window watching her. And he must have been listening because when Lauren hung up with Alex, Roland burst through her apartment door and began to berate her, saying, you shouldn't be talking to your friends about our relationship, according to Alex, as reported by Deseret.com. Lauren doesn't back down and she lays it all out and lets him know that she knows all about his lies and his criminal record, and she ends the relationship right there on the spot. And let me just say how much courage that must have taken. I mean, we all know by now that Lauren is a literal champion, but this right here, whole nother level. She now knew he was a dangerous criminal. He had beaten her down emotionally for two months. He just burst into her apartment, but Lauren didn't back down and she stood her ground. And that right there is heroic. Of course, Roland gives her some cockamamie story about being framed by a girl at a frat party and that he only pled guilty because he had to. I mean, 13-year-olds are frequently at frat parties in case you didn't know. Did y'all hear that? That's the sound of my eyes hitting the back of my head as they roll into another dimension. Lauren didn't buy it and she told him to leave, but he didn't. According to what Lauren told Alex, every time she asked him to leave, he forced himself on her sexually, and this happened multiple times throughout the night. This mother... The next morning, Roland leaves in Lauren's car to go run his errands, and she begins getting a string of weird-ass texts from people claiming to be Roland's friends. Why'd you break up with the big guy? He really loves you one text. Another one said the friend would drop off her car because Roland couldn't stand to look at her. One even told her, go kill yourself. Charming, right? Lauren thought Roland himself was behind the text. She called her mom back home and she was super worried about getting her car back. Her mom told her to call campus security and get them to help her. So she did. According to police reports, campus security escorted Lauren to get her car, which Roland had left at the stadium on campus. But Roland isn't through. Within two days, he was at it again, and Lauren began to receive strange messages, this time from a friend of Roland claiming that he was dead and it was Lauren's fault. And these stories, everything from Roland had committed suicide to he died in an accident, 
but they appeared to be an attempt to lure Lauren somewhere, stating that she needed to come to his funeral. Lauren reported these messages to the university police on October 12, 2018, but according to her family, as told to Deseret News, she was told by an officer that without threats, there wasn't much that could be done. The very next day, Lauren again contacted university police to report that she was getting more messages, but this time, the messages were threatening. Lauren was being extorted. Roland had texted Lauren and said if she didn't give him $1,000, he would post a very compromising photo of the two of them together online for everyone to see. Her heart sank. Her face was clearly shown in the photo, as well as very distinctive posters in her room. She felt like her reputation was on the line. All these things that she had worked for, all the goals she had achieved, this would all be overshadowed by these photos. Hundreds of track medals, her academic standing, this would ruin everything. She was ashamed and angry. So she panicked and Venmoed him $1,000. She called campus police, picked up Alex, and the two headed down to the police station. And the girls were surprised when they weren't taken into a private room to discuss this very private matter. And instead, they had this conversation in the lobby of the police department for everybody and their mama walking by to hear. Alex reported to the outlet that these officers didn't seem concerned and had actually suggested that it could have been a scam and Roland could have been the victim. Maybe someone had hacked his phone. An officer looked him up on the campus directory and told Lauren he seemed like a pretty good guy who only had a traffic ticket. Lauren told the officers about his record and showed them his freaking mugshot. And still, the girls are nonchalantly told that a detective will be in touch on Tuesday. Are you shitting me right now? It was Friday. And so the girls were like, screw this. And Lauren called the Salt Lake City Police Department. But she was quickly routed right back to the university police because it was their jurisdiction. Can you imagine how Lauren was feeling? The people who are sworn to protect her are telling her this is a good guy and passing her off on each other like a bad habit. I can't even begin to imagine. And Lauren didn't even hear back from a detective on Tuesday. Nope. Freaking crickets until seven days later, October 19th, when she herself called Salt Lake City Police again and again was rerouted right back to campus police. And she had to leave a voicemail for the detective assigned to her case. Her phone rang and it was the detective. Finally, some help, right? Wrong. She's informed that this detective won't be back to work until October 23rd, but she can call back if she gets another message from Roland. She originally reported this extortion on October 12th. Nobody is available to help this girl at your freaking university until the 23rd. Nobody. What in the hell are you people doing? Over the weekend, Lauren sent screenshots to the campus police with Roland's criminal history and some more harassment. But of course, we're still waiting till the 23rd to get off our ass and do something. 
But before anyone was back at their desk and doing their job on October 22nd, Lauren got a text from someone claiming to be the deputy chief of campus police, asking her to go to the police station. So she called campus police and lo and behold, a freaking detective took her call and told her not to go. So you do have other detectives that could have been working her case. Good to know. Impersonating a police officer is a crime in the state of Utah, as well as everywhere freaking else. But we're just going to settle for a, oh, just don't go. According to police documents, Lauren reported that she felt this was another attempt to lure her to a location. But no worries, just ignore it. Deseret News reported that Lauren knew it was Roland, and she called her trusted friend Alex. Alex, of course, asked if she had reported it, and Lauren told her that she had. That was the last time Alex would ever hear from her very best friend, Lauren. That same ass day, Lauren was attending class. You know, nothing is going to stop this girl, and she's just going on about her day, pushing it all to the back of her mind and focusing on her studies. Around 8.20 p.m., class was over and she was headed back to her apartment. What she couldn't have known is that according to police reports, Roland, who remember was not a student, was also on campus and he was looking for her. According to Deseret News, Lauren was on the phone with her mom talking about her day. The two talked all the time, usually several times a day. Lauren's mom recalled that on this particular call, she seemed happy and upbeat, and her mother breathed a sigh of relief. Lauren's mom was mid-workout on her Stairmaster, and her dad was just within earshot in the other room finishing his workout, so she put the phone on speaker. She asked her daughter how things were going, and Lauren responded, so good. I've got good news, mom, Lauren said. And she told her all about how well she had just done on a quiz in her health communications class and that she had a big assignment due midnight tonight for her online theater class. So she was headed in early to get it all done. Her father could hear how happy Lauren was in the next room. He almost called out to her, but didn't want to interrupt. He just said to himself, good job, girl. They were so proud of Lauren. She was a parent's dream. At this point, Lauren was in the parking lot of her dorm. I love you, mom, she said. And they're about to end the call. But what happened next is what nightmares are made of. Lauren's mother heard Lauren say no, and then a panicked no, 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 no. Screams, and then silence. Her father immediately called 911 from his phone, but they didn't disconnect the call between Lauren's phone and her mother's. Her father reported to 911 what had just happened. Five minutes later, they could hear a woman's voice on Lauren's call, but it wasn't Lauren. Instead, it was another student who said that she had stumbled upon Lauren's phone, computer, and backpack, all lying on the ground, but there was no Lauren. Lauren's mother reported to Deseret News that she had this sinking feeling that Lauren could die tonight. Her father's stomach was in knots, but he clung to hope. Her dad thought this was going to be one of those situations where it was going to be resolved. And all that fear and uncertainty would just go away. I thought we were going to find her. I really thought that we would. And remember, Lauren's parents are all the way in Washington. Lauren's in Utah. They are frantic, but miles away. And at first they were thinking maybe Lauren was in an accident. 
But after the student found her belongings with Lauren nowhere in sight, it hit them like a ton of bricks. Melvin Rowland or one of his friends had probably grabbed their daughter. And that's where I'm going to have to leave you today. But as always, I'll leave you with a little something, and that is this. While the abuse and stalking of Lauren McCluskey was horrifying, what Melvin Rowland did next was so much worse. I'll be bringing you part two of Lauren's case next week. And as always, more photographs and information on Lauren's case will be posted to my Facebook, at least of these, and my Instagram, at least underscore of these. Huge shout out to Deseret News for their in-depth coverage of Lauren's case. You can find them over at Deseret.com. That's D-E-S-E-R-E-T.com. New episodes drop every Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss a new episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. If you know something, say something. And until next time, be good to each other.